This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. This is morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 14, and we are finishing up the chapter because the Egyptian power is no more. The Egyptians' ability to affect the lives of the children of Israel is over with. Now, when I think about this and I think about this story, it reminds me of my childhood. And there were variety shows on when when we were growing up, when I was growing up back back in the 70s. And this actually stretches on back into the 60s. It would have been in some reruns back then. But anyway, those variety shows, you had Lucille Ball, you had Green Acres, but you also had what was really a groundbreaking uh, personality who had his own variety show. And his name was Flip Wilson. And he was, in, in all actuality, the, if you want to really know the truth, he is the first actual star a black or African-American star that was a regular TV show star. He he was really the first one. He was a comedian, and boy, he was a comedian on through the 70s and 80s, and he was on, I can't tell you how many different shows he was on, different things that I remember seeing him on, and hilarious, but he had a character where he dressed up like a female, and he and that character, whenever she got in really bad trouble, she would always revert back to her excuse was, the devil made me do it. And it always was just right at the right moment, because comedy is all about timing. And she she would, right at the right moment, right when it would be the most hilarious, right when, you know, you di- didn't really have any other option, didn't have any other way to explain what happened other than it was your fault. <laughs> And and so when it all boiled down to whatever calamity she'd caused, whatever situation she'd put herself in, right at the right moment, she would say, rather than, oh, it's my fault, I shouldn't have done that, things like that, she would say, the devil made me do it. And that's the way we operate as believers so much in our lives today that there's forces out there that have control over us. And really, it's not our fault. Really, it's someone else's fault. And the truth is, this story is the forebearer. It's the it's the picture of. It's the story that lets us know that the power of this world does not have power over us. It does not. Now, am I saying the devil is not at work? Am I saying the devil doesn't have a kingdom? Am I saying the devil is a toothless lion? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that any power, any authority, any stronghold or foothold that the devil has in our lives, any ability that he has to effectuate our lives come from either one of two sources. It either comes from us. We allow him access. We open the door 
for the enemy to have access to our lives. And that happens a lot. It happens a whole lot. And it happens in all kinds of circumstances, all kinds of situations. We let a root of bitterness grow up in our heart. Bible says, be careful not to let a root of bitterness grow up in your heart because when you're bitter about a situation or an event that happens in your life, when you're bitter about someone and the way they treated you, that root of bitterness can grow up and become make your whole life bitter. And even believers who are bitter, and they're bitter over maybe a slight, maybe they're bitter over the circumstances they find themselves in because of decisions they've made. They're bitter over they're bitter over how they've been treated or mistreated by someone and maybe even legitimately mistreated. But they let that root of bitterness grow up in their heart and it destroys them. They, you can allow envy or you can allow hatred to grow up in your heart because of the same situations. And as you allow that to take place, you open yourself up for the enemy to gain a foothold in your life. And not to mention some of the obvious stuffs about addictions, about things that the world offers that entice us into those things. I'm not talking about the fleshly sins. Your flesh is full of sin all, all on its own. And the devil doesn't need to work in that. It works itself. And you have to flee those useful lusts. But I'm talking about the things where you allow the world to have access to your life. And when you allow those things to take place, when you allow envy, strife, bitterness, all those things that come about in your heart, when you allow that to have a root in a foothold in your heart, it, it has results. And those results can also oftentimes be very devastating for a believer. They can be very destructive for a believer's life. And you see that happen all the time. And the answer to why that's happening is not the devil made me do it because he does not have that power and authority. You let that happen. Now, there's one other way the devil can have an access to your life. And we see that in, in the story of Job. We see that in our sermon, not this past week, but the week before last, when we we're talking about Peter and Jesus telling him that uh, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. What those situations are is that God has a very important position, place, or mission for your life. He has a highly important mission for your life. He, well, the best way for me to describe it is God's purposes are being perfected in your life. And he allows the enemy, just boxers who have sparring partners, and some of those sparring partners end up being great boxers themselves. Holmes boxed with, with Muhammad Ali, and then later on, he was the sparring partner for Muhammad Ali, and then later on, he became the champion himself and even boxed Muhammad Ali and beat him. Oftentimes, the God allows the enemy to come in and deal with you directly and for you to struggle against them. And of course, we see that in Jesus going into the wilderness and uh, being tempted by Satan. These situations that, that I'm talking about, Job, the apostle Paul, when he says there was a thorn sent to me, I, he had a stumbling block that was sent that, that would keep him away from pride. Peter being sifted like wheat, Job, all these situations where you see, and even Moses in this story where he's confronting what in essence is a picture of Satan in Pharaoh, face-to-face, -face, these struggles with the enemy that are straight-up struggles that are face-to-face, -face, that are planned and anointed by God so that it might perfect you for the powerful ministry that God has for you. Understanding that's going to happen sometimes for people, that is not a negative thing at all. 
That is the enemy has been given access to you to make you powerful, to spar with you, to give you strength, to teach, to steal you for the mission God has for your life. And if that's happening to you, I'd say you're in the best place you could possibly be. You're exactly where Jesus was when he began his ministry. You're exactly where Job was when he proved himself to be a man of faith. You're exactly where Peter was when he began the process of turning from being a disciple to being the apostle that led the church. You're exactly where Paul was when God revealed his mission and plan for him. You're, you're in the exact spot that God has for you if the enemy is coming and God has given him direct access to sift you as wheat, to, to refine you in the fire. If that's the case, then that's okay. That's a whole nother Bible study. But you, you saying that the enemy in any way has power or authority over you so that you can be forced to do that which God clearly says you should not do those things which God clearly has not given you to do, walk in ways that are not walks of faith that God has clearly designed for you is just an excuse. It's just an excuse. And the reason is because the power of the enemy has been broken in your life. And you need to hear that. If you're dealing with an addiction, the power of the enemy over your life has been broken. The only reason that you are addicted to what you're addicted to is because you have allowed in your own heart, in your own mind, the enemy to have access there. And that can be broken and totally destroyed. And we see that in this story. God protected him. What did he do? He went and placed them right in the midst of him. He moved them across the Red Sea. He allowed the enemy to come and follow them and chase after them. Notice the enemy's chasing after them as they cross over the Red Sea. He's following them right across the Red Sea with them. And he's bringing them into the midst of the water. And, to, and remember, water and the wind is a picture of the Holy Spirit. He's bringing, and the Holy Spirit's one of his names is he that holdeth back. And that is he that holdeth back the enemy. He holds back the enemy that, that comes to destroy you. Remember, he held them in his midst and he brought them across the sea and Satan and Pharaoh come and chase after them across the Red Sea. And when they get right there in the midst of the water and the wind, what happens? Verse 26 happens. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, on the chariots and on the horsemen. Who is Moses? Moses is the deliverer and God tells him, to destroy the Egyptians right where they stand. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. Notice, they figured out, oh, we're trapped. We're trapped on the shore over here because God won't let us out of the sea, and God has been against us the whole time, and we better head back in the other direction or we're going to be destroyed, but it's not enough time because God has destroyed the power of the enemy over you. He has destroyed the forces of darkness's Boy, that was not right. He's destroyed the forces of darkness and its ability to, to control you. you it, the only way it has access to you is that you give the enemy access. That is the only way that takes place. And it says, so the old Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. God completely and utterly destroyed the Egyptians. And I want you to hear me today. Satan's ability to control your life, the forces of darkness and their ability 
to effectuate your life has been utterly destroyed in the finished work of Jesus Christ and the redemption that he's provided you through the blood and through your regenerative your regeneration and turning toward him i want you to hear me you, satan has no authority over you okay he has access sometimes very special occasions when god gives him access to steal you and make you powerful in a way that is unique and unseen on the planet that does happen but otherwise Satan does not have authority over you, and you can't say what Flip Wilson used to say. The devil made me do it. That's not an excuse because he can't make you do it. He can tempt you. He can offer. He can provide opportunities, but he can't make you do it because you have the truth in you. You have hope in you. You know what the truth is. You know what sin is. The Spirit of God is showing you, revealing to you, leading you, and guiding you where you ought to be. You know who you ought to be. And you don't have an excuse to say that the devil made me do it because not so much as one of them remain. The power of darkness has no power over you. And I can't say that enough. He says, but the children of Israel walked on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on their left. They walked through the Red Sea and were not hurt. The enemy walked through the Red Sea and was destroyed. When the enemy faces the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, it's destroyed. When we face the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, we are delivered. And that is, we're delivered from what? Sin and death. And so the things that we allow in our lives, and let me tell you something, some of that stuff is strong stuff. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that you have to realize that when you get in those situations, First of all, it's your fault. You're in it. Second of all, there's a way out. And you've been given power over it. And third of all, you got to walk by faith in it. And I say that this over and over again. You got to walk by faith by hearing God, believing God, and acting upon it. But I want you also to hear me this, hear, hear this. You got to begin to work. You got to begin to work that faith out. And the way you work that faith out is find out what your spiritual gifts are and get to working in them. Get to working in your spiritual gifts because that's how you use the supernatural spiritual work of God in your life is you figure out what his giftedness is for you, his purpose is for you, and you get to doing it because then you begin to feel the power of God that broke sin and death. You begin to feel the power of God that provides a way and a hope and a life because you're operating in that power. And I guess I ought to add to that as I talk about these things, that you've got to hear God, believe God, and act upon it. That's faith, and that's faith in action. That's what the book of James, what we're doing a Bible study this fall on. It's the women, the men's ministry, everybody's studying the book of James. Why? Because we got to put, as TL says, we got to put feet to our faith. That's what we're doing, okay? we got to act upon those things. But also, the next step is what? The next step is to figure out the giftedness God has given me, the supernatural spiritual gifts, the unique things that God has made me for, and get to doing them. And when you do that, you feel the power of God at work, and you feel the power of God breaking you free from any influence that the enemy has been allowed to have in your life by you and any influence that the flesh has over you. And that's how you do it. 
That's the only way, right? It's the only way to do it, to tell you the truth. And if you're listening to me today or you're listening to me years from now, I want you to hear me that that the enemy has no authority over you. You allow the enemy all the access that he gets. Whatever that is, you allow the enemy to have because they were broken at the Red Sea. When you crossed through and took that first step of faith, and that's what baptism is, is that first step of faith. It's your public profession of faith. When you go through the Red Sea, when you make that public profession of faith, when you walk in that public profession, when that happens, I want you to hear me, you're making those steps of power that's breaking you free from the from the work of the enemy in your life. And so anything else is you. And that's a very powerful place to be when it's all based on, okay, I've got to walk by faith. I've got to trust God. I've got to walk in the work God has done for me. When it gets there, then you rise and fall on yourself. You really do. God's leading you. God's still protecting you. God's providing for you. But the truth is how much you get to really experience of the kingdom all has to do with how much you really want to love and chase after God. And that really is not a bad place to be in. Uh, it really isn't. It's a powerful place to be in. And God keeps calling you and keeps redeeming you and fixing you. And, and he makes you, he's making you into to a powerful soldier in his kingdom. Uh, that's what he's doing. He says, so the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord. Notice they realize who God is and they fear him. Fear the Lord's beginning of wisdom. They now understand. And they believe the Lord and his servant Moses. Notice they have faith. They got faith. That's what belief is, faith. They feared God because they realized who he is and they walked by faith. They're not going to do it well. We're going to see that they're going to do it poorly. They're going to mess up a whole lot. But they begin to realize the power, the authority, the freedom that God has provided them from this world and this world of darkness. I pray that you'll realize that. I pray that'll be the case for you, that you'll realize that that the enemy's influence over things far less than you imagine. And the only reason it's any is because you've let it in. And the realization that you can turn to God, walk by faith, and you can turn to God and trust him for deliverance. And you can turn to God and expect the big things of the kingdom of God, the realization that you can actually do that and that you should do that and that God has made it possible for you. That realization is real and it's life-giving. And if you are having that realization, I would say to you, chase after with everything you have. Figure out what God made you for. Figure out his giftedness and get to serving him, glorifying him by faith, walking in your giftedness. When you do that, there's nothing to stop you. You can you you can have all that he has for you, and he wants you to have it. I pray that'll be the case for you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.